Welcome to our 155th podcast and the 125th as a city on a hill church. As you listen to this podcast, as you hear these two men of God, Pastor Michael Clark and Pastor Bob Grenier, discussing how scripture relates and continues to be relevant to today's challenges, we hear God at work, not only in these two men, not only in the lives of their churches, but also in the lives of the so, so very many who have been listening to these conversations. As you listen, may God continue that work in our lives. Here is a conversation between Pastor Michael Clark and Pastor Bob Grenier. Well, good evening, Pastor Bob. Good evening to you, Michael. Are we live streaming there? Here? Good to. All right. Good to be live streaming with you. Indeed it is. <laughs> Indeed it is. And you look sharp tonight. Well, I... I well, like that jacket. Well, <laughs> thank you. I'll sell it to you after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you noticed that we, how many views we've had of the messages of the last 10 days on our uh, social media? I actually have not looked, but you indicated the other day that, uh, you know, quite a few people are looking. I would say at this point, it's probably over a thousand. Is that right? Views. Mm. But over the last 10 days, mm -hmm. starting with your sermon on Sunday, your second sermon this last Sunday and mm -hmm. then last Wednesday, in addition to our conversation that we had mm -hmm. uh, last Sunday after church, over a thousand views between our Facebook, our YouTube channels. A City on a Hill is also broadcasting mm -hmm. uh, the messages on their mm -hmm. Facebook and YouTube. And so it, this is a very uh, interesting time where people are obviously interested in, uh, in, in what's going on here in the church. Yeah. Why do you, I mean, obviously people cannot assemble at a church, but uh, why do you think that beyond people not being able to assemble can only watch online, but beyond that, why do you think maybe there's so much interest? Well, I, I think people are beginning to question um, what it's all about, what, 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 what is really going on. And I think people are scared. I think people are um, Christians are excited, especially if we've been looking for the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, most most people are scared and most people are worried uh, and anxious, fearful about what's coming. And, you know, they can only get so much of the news media and so, bombarded with all of this information and, and, and fear mongering and worried about the stock market and worried about the economy and worried about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And so they're 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 wondering, does does the Bible have anything to say about mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. uh, does Jesus have anything to say about this? What is the church saying? What are the what are the Christians saying about this. And so I think it's a great opportunity to witness to those who never would step through the doors yes. of our church or yes. any church, perhaps. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a wonderful time um, just for that. Really, so many people who normally might not uh, come to a church, their interest is piqued as a result of fear and wonder and curiosity. Yeah. Indeed. Did you uh, we were talking about earthquakes just a few days ago mm -hmm. 
There was the earthquake in Salt Lake City a week ago today that Mm -hmm. knocked the trumpet off of uh, Angel Moroni's hand. I'm sure they've replaced it by now over Mm -hmm. there, but uh, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was another um, earthquake uh, in Croatia a few days after that Mm -hmm. uh, that was, I think, a 5.3 or 5.4, did tremendous damage. Big one. They said they haven't had an earthquake that big in over 140 years Mm -hmm. in Croatia. Uh, and then there was an earthquake today in Russia that was a 7.5. Oh my. And they put Hawaii on tsunami alert. Oh my. And then they canceled the alert. But mm-hmm. it was a huge earthquake yeah. uh, right off the coast on one of the little islands there off the coast of Russia, north of uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said there would be earthquakes yes, did. in the last days. And yeah. that's what we see happening along mm-hmm. with pestilence and wars. Pestilence. And, Mm-hmm. which is one that you don't often hear that much about when a conversation like this is going on. It's uh, earthquakes and famines, maybe, but pestilence may be mentioned. And I'm not sure if pestilence includes virus, but I would assume it's in the same family. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So that's happening. That's right. Globally now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now everybody is uh, is worried about um uh, you know, if, if if what would happen if a disease came and killed 50 percent of the population of the world or 25 percent of the population of the world? We can't stop it. This is this is not even that serious of a, of a virus mm-hmm. and we can't stop it. So mm-hmm. what happens if we get uh, hit by a, a much more uh, serious virus in the future? Mm-hmm. It's exposed the weakness of our health care system. We really can't save ourselves, can we? No. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But uh, we will remember the name or the person of our God. And we're so thankful for the government. We're thankful for our first responders, our uh, health care uh, providers, and everyone else who's trying to help. But uh, it's so comforting and what a peaceful, joyful thing it is to remain trusting in the Lord day Amen. by day. It's a, it's, I, I was commenting to different friends and whatnot that um, look, look at how so many Christians in the midst of this tragedy that has brought America to a standstill and many places in the world to a standstill that so many believers are actually very calm, very peaceful and actually rejoicing even though these catastrophic things are occurring and there's no guarantee that it will stop. I mean, it seems as if it might. We hope it will. However, we don't really know if it will. That's right. So, but the, but, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength and In the book of Philippians, chapter four, Paul said not to be anxious about anything, Hmm. which means stop it. You know, stop being anxious, which we all know we're we're experts in worrying. Right. Yes. He said, but then make your requests uh, made. No, make your requests known unto God with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God will will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So 
that is a terrific, wonderful verse, uh, especially for this time of anxiety. Amen. He, he is not uh, uh, unwilling to. He loves us to come to him. His arms are open for each and every one of us. And he's able to bear all of our troubles, all of our requests. Amen. And he has enough peace to give it to anyone. That's so right. he's, he's, uh, he's almighty. Yes. Amen. And God is not willing that any should perish, mm-hmm. but that all would come to repentance. Mm-hmm. On a different thought for a minute, and I know we'll get back to this. Uh, you have just recently joined this, the pastoral staff here at Calvary Chapel. Yes. And um, how are you being treated? That's, how are you being treated by the people here? And uh, well, let's just start with that. How are you being treated? I, I, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, honestly, it has been truly amazing. I've been so uh, uh, accepted and welcomed uh, and loved since I since I got here. And I thank you for that, because that's uh, that's that's the senior pastor of the church. That's your heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and your church is reflecting what you have instilled in them and taught them and modeled for them all of these years. But, yeah, it's been it's been incredible um, with all that's going on with uh, with the shutdown of uh, of the economy and the sort of the collapse of the stock market and people losing their jobs and so forth, us having to cancel uh, services, you know, mm-hmm. uh, here and events and Bible studies here. Um, it's interesting that the Lord brought me here just before all of this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that uh, I believe this is where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, to to help to, you know, navigate uh the ship through this storm that we're yes. facing as a yeah. church and as a nation. And um, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we're thrilled that you're here. Thank you. And we hope that you're starting to feel at home. And I think you are yes, little I by am. little. It's, it's a big deal to go and move from one city to another, one church to another. But um, just as a word of encouragement to you, and I've shared these things with you in the past, but you, you wrote a list here of, Good things for me to say about you. So, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But at any rate, I, in all seriousness, I wanted to encourage you that uh, all the folks I talk to here regarding the fact that you are now here on staff and you're teaching every Wednesday night. You're, you're going through the book of Isaiah. You'll be back there when uh, it's appropriate. But uh, Everybody's so happy you're here, including myself, my wife, my family and the church body here. And then folks in the area are probably um, enjoying the fact that they can listen to you also. Praise the Lord. So thank you, Michael. We're so glad God has brought you here. It's a great, great blessing. Thank you, Pastor You're Paul. You're very welcome. Thank you. No, it's an honor to be here and uh, honor to serve alongside you and to support you uh, as you continue to uh, captain this ship mm-hmm. and you continue to lead us uh, with your vision for the future. Mm-hmm. How about you? Any questions for me? I have about 15 here, but I, I want to <laughs> share the time with you. <laughs> well, I just wanted to mention that you started our new prayer team recently yes, and sure i did. think that was providential you yeah. the lord had put this on your heart yeah uh you know a month or two ago right we talked about it mm-hmm. and we've been um 
um, asking for the last many weeks folks to sign up for our prayer team. And uh, you could still sign up for our prayer team if you want to online. Um, but we have a whole bunch of people signed up and now you are able to email out prayer requests right. that we are all prayer, praying corporately as a church body. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your what are your thoughts about that, your vision there? Well, uh, you know, the church uh, needs good theology, learning about God. That's what theology means, the study of God through learning the doctrines in the Bible but uh, a friend of mine, Skip Heitzig, recently said the church not only needs good theology, but good neology, Amen. Uh, being on our knees with Amen. the Lord. And this particular effort we're making is designed to um, engage people in a, at, a time, at their own time, whenever they want to pray. There's no request for, you know, pray for three minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, nothing like that. But just to take some time every day and 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 look at the little requests that we're not the little, they're important requests, but there's four or five requests. And each week we update those and change them. But to take time and to actually pray Amen. Um, in the book of Acts the early church advanced on its knees. They were in prayer, and they continued to be in prayer. And, and uh, the early church in Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in prayer. I know that my pastor, Chuck Smith, who's in glory now, always said to the pastors whenever we go to a conference, he'd say, get the people praying. Mm. Get the people praying. And I know why he encouraged that, and it's because prayer is actually effective. It really is. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing that a human being, a Christian, can talk to God and, you know, relate to God and then ask him, for his will to be done in their lives. It's amazing. Amen. He wants to do that. Uh, and prayer, uh, when a person is praying, uh, it at least expresses the fact that they are conscious of their need for the Lord. And I think when we stop praying, it's an index of our heart that we have lost that dependence upon God and we think we can um, do it on our own. But to try to make a more briefer answer here, um, the, the little thing that we send out every Monday is also designed to week by week introduce some aspect of learning how to pray. So it's not just here's a list of prayers, prayer requests. There's a little bit of very simple, clear, not too long instruction week by week, so we can all learn together. It's a, it's a lifelong learning joy. So uh, anyone who wants to sign up, they're more than welcome. They can just go to our website or yes. call the office. But, yeah. but uh, I was praying today that the Lord would remind the folks who are on the prayer team. So uh, it's really the first and most important thing we can do. 
one, one other thing, you know, people like Billy Graham, people we know who are, have gone to be with the Lord when asked towards the end of their life, what would you do differently? And uh, they almost to the man say, well, I'd spend more time praying. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly can say that about myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain most Christians would say the same thing. So this is a way for our church body to actually get involved praying. And, and so I'm thrilled about it. Amen. Yeah. It's a great timing. It is. Yeah, great timing. Um, James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yes. So uh, effective or effectual uh, would mean biblical. So to pray effectively, we must be praying according to the will of God. If we're not praying according to the will of God, then Mm -hmm. he's not going to answer a prayer that's contrary to his will. Right. So effectual, uh, praying according to the will of God and fervent is what you're just describing. Just uh, doing it. Diligently. Being doing it. Practicing it. Mm -hmm. Doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, really actually believing that God is there and that he is here with us and Mm -hmm. he's hearing our request. And if we are praying according to his will, we have the promise that he's going to answer those prayers. Have you ever noticed when you determine I'm going to go pray that all of a sudden all hell breaks loose? Right. Have you ever noticed? Oh, certainly. Uh, And also when you're praying, uh, I'm certain you've noticed and have you noticed how your mind can wander and you start thinking about phone calls you need to make. Mm-hmm. And, and if you make one phone call, stop praying. That's the end of prayer. Right? That's right. So how do you uh, what, what have you learned to do to try to help yourself in being more consistent and more to, to you know, to enjoy talking with the Lord and not to feel condemned about it? But what helps you to pray? Let me put it that way. So I have to I have to regulate myself with these disciplines, whether it's daily devotions or whether it's prayer. Otherwise, I'll get busy from the time I open my eyes until the time I shut my eyes at the end of the day. Um, and, and I won't get around to it. So I start my day every day when I wake up. The first thing I do is get out of bed, get on my knees and pray on my knees by my bedside mm-hmm. every morning. Mm-hmm. I have to do that mm-hmm. so that the day doesn't get away from me. Yeah to basically come before the Lord. And uh, I often pray uh, the Lord's Prayer first, mm-hmm. uh, which we learned as Catholics as mm-hmm. kids. And so I think beautiful. It's, yeah. it's a great prayer. Yeah. Uh, the Disciples' Prayer uh, covers all the bases. It just mm-hmm. is a starting point to get my heart right. And then I just pray as the Lord leads me uh, for the things that are on my mind for the day. And then I end every day in the same way. Before mm-hmm. I go to bed, mm-hmm. I will once again, read, read my Bible. I usually read the book of Psalms. Last mm-hmm. thing I do before I go to sleep is read the book of Psalms, read Proverbs in the morning. Uh, and, uh, and then I'll be on my knees before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I'll thank the Lord for getting me through another day and all the answered prayers and all of the trials that mm-hmm. he has brought me through. And then uh, just ask for him to take all the burdens off of my mind so I could sleep. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then start all over again the, the next, next day. day. So it's a discipline for me. Can you comment on something you told me a while ago that you also will listen to various Bible teachers yes. when you get in bed. Can you talk about how that affects you and what it 
you know, how it affects you. Well, I've been listening uh, primarily to Chuck Smith mm-hmm. at nights yep. uh, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chuck was my pastor also. Mm-hmm. I know who's your pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, he still is, actually. Yes. We're going to have to talk with him when we get up there. Yes, <laughs> for sure. See how everything is. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But no, I, I, I enjoy listening to Pastor Chuck. I, I, you know, I've listened to a lot of the good old old timers at, at night on on tape cassettes. You know, I still have a tape cassette. What player. is a cassette, Michael? Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, John Wolvard and yes. Dwight Pentecost mm-hmm. and, you know, Chuck Swindoll mm-hmm. and a lot of these great Bible teachers of a generation ago. Mm-hmm. I have old tapes, but uh, Chuck Smith, I love the Word for Today app. I mean, it's just got mm-hmm. a bazillion teachings from mm-hmm. Pastor Chuck mm-hmm. on his app. And uh, so I, I, I don't listen to Chuck every night. Sometimes I'm just too tired and I sure. don't want to play a, 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 you know, a message if I know I'm going to conk out. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy listening to Pastor Chuck Smith in the yeah. evenings. It just just helps to, to give you peace, to mm-hmm. settle you and yeah. uh, also to get your mind focused on the Lord as you mm-hmm. fall asleep. And oftentimes I stay up for the whole sermon. Mm-hmm. And even though it's an hour long, I'll still be awake because he'll pique my interest. So. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself when you're listening to somebody teaching the Bible, uh, just starting to pray and thank the Lord? You know, do you can you comment a little on that experience? If yes. You, yeah. Yeah. Because the Lord speaks through through his word. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through sermons Yeah, where his word is being taught. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I, I do thank the Lord. Yeah. Uh, he teaches me. It's a blessing. I mean. Uh, we can listen to the sermon and we can also pray uh, at the same time. Um, and um, we can never pray too much or be in communion too much with the Lord. It's such a blessing and such an opportunity. Amen. Uh, I had a getting back to kind of the days that we're in. Do you think that uh, or do you see that Folks today are looking for things to return to normal. Do you think people, they're looking for things to return to normal? And what, what would you say about that? I mean, is normal coming or will it, will normal be unrecognizable? Or what would you say about that? Well, you know, Jesus predicted these things, but then he said, but that is not yet the end. And so life, you know, life will go on. It may change, but life will go on after the coronavirus. Um, I think things will get back to normal. Um, You know, it is interesting to me that uh, with all of the, uh, you know, sexual perversion in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and now all the movie theaters are Mm -hmm. shut down, Mm -hmm. all the movies are are being canceled that they were producing, that Mm -hmm. they were making, uh, you know, all of the sex education and the abortions that were taking place on college campuses, taking place in high schools and junior highs where parents are not notified mm-hmm. and girls are having abortions. That's all stopped. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, abortion clinics all over the world are being shut down because of the coronavirus right now. Yeah. And a lot of uh, Planned Parenthood and feminist organizations, they are livid. They're up in arms saying this is a medical emergency it's to an have essential. an abortion. It's, it's essential. An essential yeah. And they're saying, no, it's not. It's this not. is not essential. So, right. mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it is interesting to me that 
the Lord, you could you could see good coming out of this. Mm-hmm. It's also forcing families to spend more time together. Uh, it's it's for, forcing us to uh, uh, seek the Lord and to spend more time in prayer. We're not as busy or distracted. Um, but I do think people want life to get back to normal. Right. Uh, and I think life will get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was just a two trillion dollar mm-hmm. uh, aid package that's that's, you know, being passed as we speak in the right. Senate and mm-hmm. uh, President Trump's going to sign it. It's a total of a six trillion dollar bailout. Really amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, largest in American history, but isn't certainly it, the largest in the history of mankind. Isn't uh, a portion of that more than half of our uh, regular income and our regular spending in the government? Uh, I'm not sure what that what the name of that is, but it, I think it's what's being put out here today is over 50 percent of the monies that actually come back to the government. Correct. The in tax terms revenues. of spending. Yeah. Yeah. The tax so over revenues. half of what that's amazing. It's amazing. So because of that, and I think that is the right thing to do to kickstart the economy because of that, I think things will get back to normal yeah. for yeah. us. We, you know, the Bible encourages us to pray for our president, whether you are of the same uh, political, you know, persuasion he is or not. Um, However one feels about the president, he is actually the most powerful and important man in the entire world. That's true. And uh, that's amazing to think about that. that This is on his shoulders. So uh, it's good to pray for him that he'll he'll look up to God. Amen. And. well, he, he recently, I received a, a video actually from our senator from Shannon Grove. She's among uh, a text list that she sends out texts to a number of pastors mm-hmm. in California um, with a video clip. And we'll see if we can put it on our uh, on our uh, Facebook page and things of President Trump talking about the importance of Easter mm-hmm. to him personally yeah. and how he desires the churches will be able yes. to celebrate Easter yeah. again congregation. He said it's such a special day yeah. in so many ways. That's right. I heard him say that. I, yeah, it's wonderful. I think he's trying to be politically correct, but he was also uh, expressing his thoughts about it, which was encouraging. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Bob, do you have any anything else before we wrap up here? Or? Well, um, are we done? I mean, I've, can well, we go on just a little bit? We, we uh, can keep going if you want. Yeah. Um, as you were teaching this evening, I was thinking about the fact that most citizens, you know, the vast, vast majority of Americans are responding to the government's order or request to stay at home so as to not uh, contaminate others, uh, to not spread the virus. And people are actually obeying him and obeying the government. But then I was thinking, but isn't God speaking to men uh, every day through creation uh, to be cured of an eternally deadly virus, sin. Mm. And I just, it, it, you know, uh, you think about how everybody's obeying today about something that literally could take their life, their physical life. 
But then when you look at the population today and the uh, dwindling church attendance throughout the nation, um, people are not conscious of what God's saying to them about the cure, the good news that he has for the fact, for the problem that everyone is contaminated with. That's right. We are all sinners. We're, you know, um, I just wonder, um, I wonder what your thoughts are about how this particular uh, lockdown kind of thing, what, what do you think might happen uh, after we're free to, to go out and assemble once again? Have you thought about that? I think it'll be a lot like 9-11 or mm-hmm. after Hurricane Katrina. People will forget all about it and they'll mm-hmm. go right on back mm-hmm. to to what they were doing before mm-hmm. the busyness of life. I mean, of course, <clears throat> there will be some who will reevaluate their lives. They'll reevaluate their faith. Some will come to faith as a result of this uh, pestilence or this disease. Uh, some will, you know, some will come back to church. Uh, but I think the overwhelming majority uh, just like in the nation of Israel, throughout the history of Israel, they would go through something difficult. The nation would be attacked by enemies. They would all pray. They'd all seek God. Some would even pray and fast. And then when the enemy was defeated and God would save them from what they were facing, they'd go right back to their old ways, to yeah. worshiping mm-hmm. the, the pagan gods. Like Lust. a foxhole conversion or yeah. jailhouse conversion kind of thing. Yeah, go back to worshiping sex or yeah. worshiping money or worshiping power or education mm-hmm. and these things. It's human nature. The church is always being is under attack, always, by our adversary, the devil. Yes. He's walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour yeah. and destroy and hurt. Um, and with respect to the fact that the church has always had attacks and weaknesses and problems. Uh, the book of Revelation in, in chapters 2 and 3, the seven churches there, Jesus spoke to the majority of them and identified real concerns that he had about the church. So, and I know this is a spontaneous question. We didn't think about this. So right. I'm, uh, if you care to say we'll answer it next week, you're welcome to. But if you were to, how would you describe... As a pastor, if you could put your finger on what's the biggest trouble affecting the church today? Compromise. Compromise. Mm-hmm. Compromise with the world. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 you know, they used to say that the world has become churchy and the church has become worldly. Mm-hmm. You remember that? That was about mm-hmm. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, full-blown um, compromise and you know, uh, really heresy has mm-hmm. permeated the church mm-hmm. in, in the West, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still Bible teaching churches, there but are. there are few there are and few. far between. Yeah. Um, wh- how would you. So what would you say then to uh, the average Christian? And by average, I just mean to the Christian with that being. Let's assume that that's a real problem, which I think most people would agree um, what would you say to that person that they could do in order to um, help reduce that problem, both within their own life and in the life of their own congregation? Well, you mentioned Revelation chapters two and three, the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia. 
where Jesus was speaking. And for the first church, the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus tells them, I know your works, Revelation 2, 2, your labor, your patience. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to, to churches, a church specifically here in Ephesus. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. You've persevered. You have patience. You've labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Mm -hmm. So it was a church that was doing all the right things, saying the right things, had their doctrine right. Uh, but their hearts were no longer in love with the Lord. Their hearts had departed uh, and they were just going through the motions of church. And it was becoming religious pomp and ceremony, mm -hmm. right and ritual mm -hmm. uh, not a relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. And the, Jesus calls them out on it. Here's his mm -hmm. solution. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So basically, there's three things he commands this church to do, these Christians to do. Remember from where you've fallen. So remember when you first got saved, how you loved the Lord, how you loved church, how yes. you loved Bible study, how you were there every time the church doors yeah. were open. Remember who you were before you were saved, how what a filthy, rotten uh, sinner you were, how hopeless you were. You were addicted to drugs and sex and whatever else was in the in the world that had had taken you captive. And he says, remember from where you've fallen, how the Lord saved you, cleaned you up, picked you up put you on your feet mm. and set you on the straight and narrow mm. path. So we have to remember where we came from, how, how it was when he saved us. He says, repent. Uh, you know, we have to turn back to the Lord and turn back uh, to obeying him and doing the things uh, that we used to do. In other words, mm -hmm. return, he says, then after mm -hmm. that and do the things you did at first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's always the solution for the Christian who has strayed away or wandered away from the Lord mm. is to remember who they were before God saved them and the experience they had at salvation. Repent of the things that you're doing now that you know are not pleasing to the Lord. And we know when we're sinning. Yes, we do. Uh, and we need to repent of it, turn away from it, confess it, admit it to God. And then we need to return and begin to do the things that we did at yeah. first. And then the Lord will restore us. So that's possible for it a person is. to do no matter who they are, where they are, or whatever uh, problems they may have that are even uh, worse than that. That's right. So I, I know repentance is a gift from God. James talks about that. But isn't it interesting, Michael, uh, and I'd like to ask you to comment a little bit on the fact that Jesus placed, in terms of trying to help the church, he spoke of their first love for him. And so would you comment a little bit on why do you think he would put that as the, the goal to get back to? That'd be one. Why would he do that, say that? And two, what is it about being in love with Jesus that, it, that it's so important? I mean, it may sound like a very simple question. But he's he's underscoring this is what I. So what is it about walking in that intimacy with Jesus? What does that do? Uh, what does that do for a person? 
Well, you, you ask, why would he say that? Well, that's, it's really the commandment that he gave to the church. He only gave the church two commandments. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you do these two things, you'll keep all the other commandments, mm-hmm. all the prophets and the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, if you do this, you've kept the whole law. And so it, it always comes back to uh, if we love the Lord, we're going to want to please him. If we love the Lord, we're going to want to spend time with him in his word and in prayer. If we love the Lord, we're going to love others. We're going to see others with his eyes. And then he's going to give us compassion, his heart for the lost, his heart for the brokenhearted and, you know, the people in society that that are hurting. Yes. Uh, otherwise, we put our eyes on ourselves mm. uh, when we take our eyes off of the Lord, put our eyes on ourselves, and then we don't care about anybody but ourselves. And mm. then we become just like yeah. unbelievers because yeah. that's how unbelievers are. They don't so, care about other people. They care about themselves. So the compromising church uh, isn't very effective for the world. Certainly not. And then, but the loving church that's loving God and loving one another um, that's really Jesus did say men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. And I'm thinking, if I may just say this, um, in thinking about what that actually means in practice, I think it's what you were just saying, that the person who's walking with Christ is is having the mind of Christ they're being conformed into the image of Christ. And so uh, the very fact that that's occurring as a result of simply abiding in a relationship with him, you become that light in the world. Yes. And thus men will know, hey, you're a Christian. That's right. It's not that they can go say, oh, I know you love people. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It just It's the natural byproduct so then in uh, in saying, why would he want us to come back into that relationship? I think it goes back to what he said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world mm. that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And then God has all of us as his children and he's calling us to walk in communion with him. And then he's sending us out into the world. Uh, you know, the, the, the new creature, the renewed mind, the, uh, the fruit of the spirit and the, the natural want to and concern for people. That's right. So God is God really loves the world. He does. <laughs> and he uh, he. Uh, he wants to use us. He loves the unlovely, mm. just like I was unlovely mm. and you were unlovely mm. before we knew the Lord. He still loved us mm. and he saved us. And he still loves the unlovely, the people that the world would think are unlovely and, you know, unwelcome and mm. unworthy. I wonder, Michael, if you would just speak for a minute uh, to people who may be viewing this either tonight or whatever day this may be on the Internet. Speaking uh, specifically to the person who they're feeling very unlovely, they're perhaps feeling ashamed of themselves, um, feeling very guilty about what's what their life is, 
and they're they're wondering. They're just they're 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 in that horrible pit of condemnation. I wonder if you would just maybe share a few thoughts with them. Yeah. Pray for them. Sure. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. This is what was kind of coming to my mind while you were talking about this. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them or against them, and has committed to us, the church, the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so uh, we all need Jesus. We all need this reconciliation with our maker. There really is no other way to find true peace in this world or in this life to really know who we really are until we find our identity in Christ. And so, uh, again, if there's uh, anybody that's out there that's watching this, it may just be one person who's sitting at home watching this, just thinking, how do I do this? How how do I become a Christian? How do I get right with God? Well, it's very simple. You confess with your mouth uh, that you're a sinner. You uh, believe in your heart that God raised uh, Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says that you will be saved. So we have to acknowledge Jesus as our savior. We have to confess and admit that we are sinners and that we don't deserve God's grace. We don't deserve his favor. We don't deserve to go to heaven. We agree with God. We need his help. Uh, and then we receive the free gift of salvation mm-hmm. that God offers to us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how I did it. Mm-hmm. That's how you did it. That's mm-hmm. how every Christian, God calls us individually one at a time and, to come to him. And so what you've just said from God applies to the person who probably right now may very well be thinking, well, you just don't know how bad I am. You, you know, that may be good for everyone else, but not for me. But isn't it true that that's not the case? That God loves every human being. That's right. Regardless of who they are. Yes. And he invites every human being to come to him. Yes. His arms are open. Yes. He wants them to come to him. Amen. He doesn't want them to perish. No. And that terrible feeling of guilt uh, gets washed away, yes. doesn't it? Yes, it does. It, and it's so wonderful. Yes. Well, uh, uh this has been a joy, hasn't it? Likewise. We like this. This is fun. Oh, I love it. It's, it's enjoyable. Would you like me to pray yeah, for anybody do. who's please. out yeah, there? Thank yeah, thank you. And Father, we do pray, Pastor Bob and I now, we just pray for all of those who are listening, all of those who are watching, Lord, especially for those right now who are hurting, who are um, feeling the condemnation of the devil, who are living in a place of shame or guilt, Father. Uh, may they know your love even through this uh televised broadcast may they know lord that you are reaching out to them lord right now you're calling them to yourself lord you're calling them to come into your arms 
Because you love them, Lord. You love every single one yes, of the people that you have created, Lord. You created man in your image, Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, you sent your son into this world to mm-hmm. save man from our sins. Mm-hmm. And Lord, there's no one who has sinned uh, too badly or fallen too far, Lord God, that you cannot rescue, that you cannot save, that you cannot reconcile to yourself. So I just pray for anyone that's out there, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself now, that they would sense your presence, Lord, your acceptance, your love for them, Lord, that they would turn from their sins and that they would turn to Jesus. And we pray this for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Michael. We all want to thank you for listening. If this message has blessed you, as we all pray that it has, send the link to this podcast to your friends. Working together, we can get Michael's teaching of the whole of God's inerrant word to all those who hunger to hear it. If you would like to see this ministry expand to reach even more of the broken and lost, if you have questions, comments, and prayer requests, email us at coahpodcast at gmail.com. We would be honored to pray for you, as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to Hatchapi, California.